Happy Sunday, everyone. Welcome to the fourth Sunday of Lent. This is Breaking Open the Word and our Gospel today. It's from the 15th chapter of Luke. And you've heard the story many, many times. So I invite you to just take a breath and try and listen to it in a new way. Then Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a great famine broke out in that country, and he found himself in dire need. So he went and hired himself to one of the citizens of that country who sent the boy to his fields to feed the pigs. The boy gladly would have longed to fill himself with pods that the pigs were eating, but no one made a move to give him anything. So when he came to his senses at last, he thought, how many people at my father's house have bread enough to spare? And here I am dying. I'll get up. I'll go to my father and I'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against you and against God. I no longer deserve to be called your son. And so he went off back to his father's house. And while he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran out and threw his arms around his son and kissed him passionately. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against God and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe and put it on him, the best one. Put rings on his fingers, sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and is now found. And with that, the celebration began. The beautiful, incredible, powerful word of God today. Oh, man. But I have to, as awesome as this gospel is, I have to tell you that I'm a little disappointed that I have it this Sunday because all of this coming week on our God Minute Book Club, we're reading and sharing about this book by Henry Nouwen, The Prodigal Son. So powerfully and beautifully opens up this very piece of scripture today. 
And I feel like such a lame Catholic and an even lamer priest that I've never read this book, which is really considered a classic in the spiritual reading. Oh my gosh. I'm looking forward this coming week to reading and learning more about it. But in the meantime, you're stuck with what I got. <laughs> but, you know, you don't need to read a book to experience the profound messages contained in the scripture today. Because it's so clearly about two things that are at the heart of our spiritual life. Sin and forgiveness. The very two reasons Jesus shed his blood on the cross. Sin and forgiveness. So I'd like to simply offer my own reflection on each of those two realities based in the scripture. Now, St. Augustine has a great definition of sin. He says, sin is a caving in upon oneself. A caving in. And if you've ever been in a cave, the metaphor is even more profound. I have been in a number of caves. And as you enter any of them, it's kind of the same. It's open and barren and, and kind of rather uninteresting. But with every step deeper and deeper into the cave, into its mystery, things begin to change. The light that you had at the opening starts to diminish and it gets darker and darker the further you move. The temperature plummets. Oxygen becomes thin and you start breathing heavier before long. And without even knowing it, you suddenly find yourself alone in a very scary and a very dark place enshrouded in darkness, a blackness you've never known before. You can hear things move, but you see nothing. It's rather terrifying. But you know what it is? It's the aloneness that always scares me the most. The feeling of being so detached from everything in the world, laughter, friends, warmth, food, life itself. And you scream out, hello, and the words bounce around you into infinity. It's just you. The center of sin is literally I. It is what happens to us when we choose for ourselves rather than Christ. As the boy in this gospel did, his sin was not because he stole the money from his father. He didn't grab his brother's inheritance along with his own. He didn't lie and cheat so he could get more money. No. His sin was in thinking all I need is myself.
he could do this life on his own. That he only needed himself to find the way to happiness. And so he turned his back on his father, his family, his community of love, and he heads out into the cave of his own deception. Folks, we're at the halfway point in our journey of Lent. This is the fourth Sunday of uh, Lent. And we're being asked this week to reflect upon our own turning, on, on how we too might be caving our lives upon ourselves without consideration of others or our Father, where we might have lost our way and balance by putting ourselves at the center of our lives rather than you, Lord. And the more we make that the reality, the deeper into that cave we go. The boy in the gospel, though, he has a conversion. After feeling the weight of his aloneness and his decisions, the destitution it brought him, as sin always does, and so he finally realizes he needs to go back home. <laughs> Duh! <laughs> but he needs to go back home to once again know and experience the warmth and the love that for so long he took for granted. And so filled with a sense of probably fear and doubt and maybe even wonder whether he will be accepted back. He turns back around and orients his life back home to his father. And you know, I've always wondered about this because it's not real clear in the gospel. Was the boy truly sorry for leaving? And that's why he wanted to come back. Was he truly sorry, grieved by his sin and what it did to his father and his family? Or was it just that he was, found himself starving, living with pigs, you know, destitute, had nowhere else to go in his pathetic situation. And so he thought, well, I'll try going back home and see what happens. Going home is better than living here with pigs and manure, which is probably true. But was it motivated out of sorrow for his sins? I don't know. But, but friends, actually, that's the best part for me. From the perspective of the Father, it doesn't matter. 
It didn't matter whether his son was truly sorry or he just wanted food in his mouth. <laughs> All he wants, the father, no matter the reason or the situation, he wants his boy back home with him. He missed his laughter and seeing him across the dinner table. He felt the ache of emptiness in his own heart the longer the boy was gone. And so after every evening, after all the chores were done, I, I, I imagine the father just there on the porch, rocking in the chair, gazing out across the fields, hoping, praying he might see his boy return. And then one day, after a long absence and rivers of tears, he sees him. The father is lifted from the chair, leaps off the porch, and runs out through the field to greet his son, sobbing hysterically. And with a hug so tight it squeezes the breath out of the boy, all the father can keep saying is, Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. And this is the second part of the gospel that I've always found interesting. The father didn't wait for, nor did he even desire in the least, an explanation from the boy. He didn't grill his son on what he did. There was no judgment, no finger pointing, and not the slightest punishment for how his actions adversely affected everyone else in the family. There was none of that at all, like we would do with one another. And even when his son tried to offer an explanation, the father's joy deafened his words. And, and just like that, he was utterly and completely forgiven and welcomed home. Those welcoming arms of forgiveness from the Father, we see every time we gaze upon the crucifix. We hear in the words of consecration at every Mass why Jesus went on to that cross. It says, This is my blood which will be poured out for you and for all for the forgiveness of sins. It is his promise, friends, to us that when we come out of our cave, he will be waiting there with open arms and with an embrace that will squeeze the very breath out of us. Without judgment, without explanation, without begging. Just two simple words to make it all happen. I'm sorry. Let's find time this week, friends, to know a father's love and forgiveness. <laughs>